Christopher Gale has scored a 300. Is it 333, wasn't it? Not out, yeah. Not a bad knock. If you just like stop and just think about that, 900 runs and two innings, that is a joke. In an age where stats are everything, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to sometimes forget the aesthetic brilliance of certain players and the effect they have on people. He's Australian, so he must be a bit of a cocky so-and-so. The one bad thing I have to say about Callis is that Freddie Flintoff absolutely turned him over. <laughs> yeah, but he did that to many people, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like, he whacked the ball before whacking the ball was a thing. It just angers me. <laughs> yeah, don't hold back too much, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Not Having That podcast with your host, Harry Watts. So lie down, relax, and let the sports commence. Hello and welcome to the Not Having That podcast with myself, Harry Watts. I hope you're all having a fantastic day. Uh, thank you to anyone that has supported us so far, whether that's sharing our content on social media, subscribing to the podcast, or even just listening to any of our episodes. The support is greatly appreciated. Today's guest is one of my good friends. He's a huge sports fan and also happens to be one of the most opinionated people I know. So he should be good value here. Today's not having that podcast guest is Jordan X. Jay, how you doing, fella? Are you happy to be here? Yeah, all right, mate. Cheers for having me on. You happy it's... with the uh, intro as being one of the most opinionated people I know? Um, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, don't know how many people you know, though, to be fair, Harry. So That is yeah. true. It could be a small scale, in yeah. which case it's not that impressive. But, you know, I'll t- I will take that, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, how much are you missing sport and lockdown? Because I know I'm missing it quite a, quite a bit. Missing the cricket season. Um, I think we all are due to start on Saturday club cricket well and you know the the the, uh, the county championship was meant to start on Easter Sunday wasn't it so yeah. um, uh, it's not like I go and watch the county championship but it's always nice to have on in the background and stuff so exactly we're here to uh, talk about cricket today um, and you're here to give an opinion is this opinion one that you've shared with other people in the past at all well it first started really whilst I was at uni um, in terms of me forming it. And to be honest, like the first reason I formed it was to annoy people because um, <laughs> at uni, I went to Bangor University in North Wales. Um, I was a member of the, the, the cricket team up there and I did have um, quite a few uh, players of Indian and Pakistani nationality and okay. they're very partisan characters. Yeah. Um, and just to find different ways to annoy them, I would tell them that certain players weren't any good, um, as we'll expand on. Um, yeah. But kind of from there, really, it's developed. And I think my opinion is more formed by cricket fans, probably our age in like early 20s going into late 20s, because we didn't see this player play as much as we probably could have. But I genuinely do not feel that this man is as good as everyone makes out to be. <laughs> Okay, well, now's your chance to reveal all. So, Jordan, tell the not having that podcast listeners what your unpopular opinion is. I don't think Sachin Tendulkar is the god of cricket. And I also think there are several other batsmen that are better than him and I would rather have in a cricket team. Would you say there's 10 others or five or? I'd say between five and 10, to be honest. Um, yeah. I mean, I can probably make a case for quite a few. Um, I've chosen I've chosen five to go into detail about because these are five that I genuinely have. Well, yeah, I have a lot of respect for Sajid Tendulkar. I'm sure he's a very lovely man. Yeah. Um, and, you know, don't score all those runs. 
you know, without being a good cricket player, I just think, you know, the five players I have gone into detail about, yeah. I think they're much better people. And uh, I think I would rather have them in a cricket team because Sachin Dentolga is a fraud. Brilliant. Well, yeah, <laughs> this podcast is only in its infancy, but I think it's fair to say that's going to take some topping on the controversy scale. Uh, yeah. not having him in a top five or top 10 at all. Uh, so I'm going to give that a very solid nine out of 10 on the controversy scale. I <laughs> uh, can't wait to hear what you've got to say. So let's get stuck into it. So how long have you held this opinion for? Like I said, like, um, probably it started when I was about 18 at uni. Um, to annoy people and to try yeah. and be edgy and cool um, <laughs> but you know kind of from it probably actually started even earlier because I remember when India came over to England to play a test series oh, I can't remember when it was but it was when Cook scored 295 and even Bresnan got 100 I think it was in that series about 2009-2010 time Maybe, I think yeah I think Dravid was captain um I just remember watching it. I was around my dad's just watching it. Just watching India bat. And I was just thinking, like, Tendulkar is absolutely crap. <laughs> I, I don't know, like, obviously, I kind of had a broad knowledge of cricket at this point. As anyone who's quite young, I was, if it was then, it, I would have been about 12, 13, sitting watching Test Match Cricket, you know, the dream for all 12 or 13-year-olds. But, like, just... Watching, I thought India were crap in general, to be honest. But I, yeah. just watching this man who was meant to be amazing, I just thought he's really not that good. It's developed for a few years now, and to be honest, I saw a tweet from a journalist the other last week. You know, um, it's called Nick Miller. Um, I think he used I to work for the Guardian, yeah. But now he, he he does stuff for the Totally Football Show, and he said something about who is. It was something along the lines of um, who is the best sportsman or sports player that you keep getting told that's great that you've just never been able to get on board with. Yeah. And he said Tendulkar. And actually thinking about it, it brought up all these memories of me just thinking, wow, this yeah. man is absolute crap and he's a fraud. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, somebody literally commented underneath saying, you can't ask this question when you've put the absolute right answer. And I think it was the right answer because, you know, otherwise we wouldn't be here now. So, so that be, would you say that's a key moment in your opinion being solidified? Um, yeah, I'd say so. And then I think during this lockdown period as well, like I've been kind of exposed to videos on Twitter from Sky Sports Cricket and all mm. these BBC Sport articles saying about all these you know, sportsmen who are considered the greatest of all time and everything. And I just I haven't seen Tendulkar once. And that's, you know, it's making me even wonder, did Sachin Tendulkar even exist? Because... I don't think he did. I was he even there? Yeah, it's because he clearly wasn't, because he's not on any of these lists or any of these video montages. So, you know. Fair enough. I mean, I've literally written Fraud Olka. Brilliant. Fraud Olka. Um, do you know anyone else that thinks that way as well? That he I is think a... Several people at uni I managed to sway to my side, but I don't know if that's just in my third year when I was first team captain and they just wanted to play. And You've they got just some said, followers. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely tell you who didn't agree with it was the Indians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's understandable. Um, they, you know, I, I mean, even on, um, I was telling you the other day, like I went, I was a bit drunk on the weekend and I got really bored. Um, so 
the ICC cricket Twitter uh, Instagram account. It's meant to be like it's obviously International Cricket Council stats, pictures, happy birthday to whoever. Yeah. But the other day it was Tendulkar's birthday, I think. And um, oh my god, I've never seen. It was like he's a god. Like obviously I know Indians consider him a god, but this ICC page, which is meant to be you know completely non-biased, mm. completely expose themselves as you know. Well, I don't know if this sounds offensive at all, but Indian. <laughs> okay, but well, he he is high up in the ICC now, isn't he? He has I, got some sort of big role within, I, I don't within know. ICC. I I just you know the, the last thing I heard about Sachin Tendulkar, which was of any relevance, was a big Bristolian man on a, another podcast was semi-related to him somehow. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> yeah, and that that's basically it. I I tend to keep the man out of my thoughts because it just angers me every time I think about him because I think okay. he's a huge fraud. Okay, well, my initial thought is that your statement is quite far-fetched, but as ever, I'll give you a fair hearing and you'll have your chance to put across your opinion and get it out there without being shut down. I think the best place to start would be the players um, that you would rate higher than Tendulkar. I do have a list. Go on, then. Um, Like I said, I've gone into detail over over five of them, but the players I'd rather have... uh, Yeah. Kevin Peterson, Raul Dravid... Jack Callis, Ricky Ponting, Brian Lara, Virat Kohli, Graham Smith, Adam Gilchrist, A.B. de Villiers. And this last one is, you know, again, I, it's actually Sunil Gavaskar. Obviously <laughs> never saw him play, but I was, in terms of pure stats, yeah. Gavaskar comes out on King every time apart from runs scored. So, and that's, you know, that was just to enforce the point, okay. really, if I got to it. But yeah, the, the five that I've actually gone into detail about uh, hmm. Peterson, Dravid, Callis, Ponting, and Lara. What is it about those players? Is it any particular stats or the impacts they've had on you or their reputation? What is it that makes them stand out for you? It's, it's kind of all three, really, of what you just said. Um, and I've I've got here in an age where like I, I think stats are becoming everything. They're becoming every a part of everyday life. You know, you even after seeing this kind of coronavirus nightmare that countries are trying to outdo each other in stats which is frankly disgusting mm. um but that's again that's completely off the point but i would say in an age where stats are everything it's you know it's it's hard to sometimes forget the aesthetic brilliance of certain players and the effect they have on people yeah now this is quite contradictory to what the points i'm going to make because obviously tendolka has all that aura around him anyway yeah but it's also one of the reasons i've never understood the hype around tendolka is because Mm. stats are yeah pretty good but the actual brilliance of the man I just do not understand like so for example with Kevin Peterson here right yeah the effect Kevin Peterson had on me made me want to play cricket it's the whole reason that I got involved with our local club Thornbury Cricket Club shout out Thornbury um you know several things Peterson did in his career were just unbelievable like you know they were they completely a bit like A.B. de Villiers really it just completely revolutionised a whole sport, if you get me. Like, yeah, yeah, I do know what you mean. Um, and, you know, obviously, Peterson had his faults. Um, yeah, just a few. <laughs> yeah, but I've kind of tried to not go into them too much because, you know, it's not the point I'm trying to make. But, for example, the first kind of thing I remember about Peterson was the 2005 Ashes. Mm-hmm. And, like, that, that, that uh, fifth 
test innings at the Oval, where he scored the 100. With the mohawk. With <laughs> the mohawk, That, bl- that yeah. blonde strip. Oh, yeah. The noughties, you know, what a time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and him, basically, in that innings, kind of, you know, had it not been for that, Australia probably would have kicked on and maybe won that test. I know the last yeah. day was washed out or whatever, but that's not the point. Um, yeah. And also, I've got, you know, like, Pearson, the switch hit against Scott Styrus at the Rose Bowl um, at Hampshire. Yeah. Like, that's just, at, that's meant, like, why? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. yeah Who like, to do that? And also, he once reverse swept Matai Malithra into the stands for six. Mm. And so, again, who would even think of doing that, you know? And, like, a conversation about Murray is for a whole other day because I've, I've not got it with that man either. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, and I genuinely think if, you know, Peterson hadn't been an absolute idiot, yeah, I think he would have been England's greatest ever run scorer. With Peterson, do you feel that a lot of his off-field stuff has kind of held him back, particularly statistically, looking at the amount of runs he scored, how many hundreds he scored, which is still great and fantastic, and it's right up there in England batsman. But do you feel that held him back from going to another level of, if you want to call it greatness, than greatness? I think so. I think the off-field stuff, I think, that's tar- I think that tarnished his reputation completely. Yeah. in terms of how people think of him even now. I think yeah. it's so easy to forget how good he was. Right up until whatever, like right up until that final Ashes series, the period in between was unbelievable. And I think what you're saying statistically as well, like I said, I think he would have been England's greatest ever run scorer. Had that not happened, I think he would have gone mm. on for another few years um, and just carried on hitting it very hard. Um, I think, yeah, with if he had carried on, I think England would have had well, a middle order of what Root, Peterson and Stokes in there as well. We think Bell, Bell was still around for a long time. Yeah. I think England could have gone to a whole new level if Peterson was still around. But exactly. as I mentioned, this off the field stuff got in the way of that. So that was a shame. Yeah, it, it's a massive shame really. Because I remember, you know, the, what was it? The two, what was the Ashes series we won down under? 10-11? 10-11, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I never stayed up or anything. I wasn't allowed to stay up to watch yeah, it overnight. Neither. But watching it the day after and obviously Cook was getting all the runs you know Strauss was getting runs Trot was getting runs mm. and like that was fine and everything. but then Peterson would just come in and absolutely whack it like yeah as if and you know this it wasn't a bad it wasn't a great Australian team but it wasn't bad and you know like the, it was already set up for him in many occasions but still just to come in and do that mm. and it wasn't that just that as well you know he he, he scored runs in India um, he did, yeah. That was an amazing series he had. Him and him and Cook and others. That yeah, England, you know, where England won, that was one of England's best series wins yeah. since we've been alive. I think definitely. And you know, I think again, like I think that one that is really easily forgotten when you look at everything that's happened since then. Yeah, um, I know that like, he went to the IPL and he went to the Big Bash and just made money. But yeah, I think what happened to him? Can you really begrudge him of that? Not really. Um, so, so yeah. Do you, to move on to your ne- do you want to move on to your next player? Yeah, so the next player is Raul Dravid. Go on then. Which I think might be a bit a bit touchy. Yeah, because... I think yeah, I think that's fair to say, but I'll let you uh, let you get your point across. So what is it about Dravid, the wall, that you like over well, Dorka? The first thing I've got is the wall. <laughs> the wall. But when I was researching it, it 
one of the brilliant headlines that came up was Tendulkar won matches for India, but Dravid won and saved series for India. Mm-hmm. And what you've got to remember is like India had a really, like some points during their, their both their times they had a really good team. Like you know they were they were a good side. They probably underachieved a little bit, didn't get to the heights they wanted to, but they were you know especially kind of early 2000s-ish when they had like VVS Laxman, Saywag knocking about, Zaya Khan was opening the bowling for them. They weren't, they were good. <laughs> yeah, they were, they weren't bad. Yeah, but Dravid, I think just, I don't think that would have happened. I think, yeah, you can have Tendulkar in that and they can mm. be a good side, but I don't think India achieved that without Dravid. Yeah, I mean, he did certainly play a big part just as a counter argument to that. Obviously, if you compare, I know you don't want to talk about stats the whole time because it's more than just stats, but Tendulkar obviously comes out ahead of Dravid in, in pretty much everything. It runs, his average, matches play, uh, hundreds, yeah. double hundreds. But um, the one thing Tendulkar doesn't have that Dravid does have is that mm-hmm. Dravid was technically, I mean, Dravid wasn't a great captain, but he was a better captain. And that's the one thing that I was, you know, hanging my hat on there. <laughs> But um, yeah, he has got yeah. Tendulkar's captaincy is certainly well more than up for debate. He's yeah. a shadow of his captaincy skills, or a shadow of what he was as a batsman. Yeah, definitely. And I've got I've just got written down here some you know some pretty impressive things that Dravid did. Um, Go on. His partnership with Laxman versus Australia. Um, only the third time ever a team has won a match after following on. Yeah, and this wasn't just kind of you know the Australia that you know. England beat down under all that we saw in the ashes just now. Mm. This was Australia of Hayden, Langer, Ponting, Martin, Gilchrist, Warren McGrath, Gillespie, Lee, all those ones. Not a bad, not a bad side. <laughs> no. And also, uh, Dravid scored his highest score, scored 270 versus Pakistan in Rawalpindi. Yeah. It was the first uh, match in Pakistan for India in 15 years. It was the first, and you know, because of that innings, a lot of a lot of the journalists said because of that innings, it was the first. It, it, what caused that was India's first ever series win in Pakistan. Yeah, I mean, it was certainly a very important knock. Uh, one thing yeah. I will say is on Tendulkar's captaincy. Whilst it was very poor, he won what four Test matches out of twenty-five. Yeah, he was part while well, he was captain when India decided to move Dravid up to three and Ganguly down to five. So I think he can take some credit from India. Well, Dravid becoming the best number three, well, arguably of all time. What I'm not necessarily sure about that though, Harry, to be honest with you, because you know as well as I do how meddling the BCCI are in everything. Yeah, and he's even, Tendulkar's even gone on record to blame them for a lot of his downfall. Yeah, and I'm not sure if that was Tendulkar's decision or if that was, I don't even know who the coach was at the time, but I personally think that was probably public pressure, meddling of the BCCI, and I also reckon Dravid or Ganguly probably had something to do with that as well. But he still would have had to approve it, so mm. I still think he can take some credit from it. Obviously, Dravid's still got to go and score all those runs and win all those matches and save all those series, as you mentioned. But I do think Tendulkar does deserve some credit for what happened there. The one thing you haven't mentioned, Harry, go on. is that Dravid had a much better record outside of India. I say much better, right? It's not much better. It's a bit better. <laughs> yeah, but go it, on. Um, he averaged 
53, 50, almost 54 abroad, 10 old crony average 50. <laughs> Only 50. <laughs> um, yeah. But again, you know, Dravid is known to be the man who, who was the reason behind in some of India's great victories. For example, the Adelaide 2003 test, Kingston 2006 against the West Indies. And that was when the West Indies weren't, that, weren't as bad as they are today. They had some, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and also Perth 2008. So I think, you know, I do think Dravid was, I know it's a co- very controversial shout that one, but I actually, I think, I think Dra- it's hard because I think Dravid, because of the way he played, isn't considered in anywhere in the same bracket as Tendulkar and I think he actually deserves to be. Yeah, he's certainly, I think he is underappreciated by a lot of cricket fans. Uh, one thing I will say with with the away statistics, obviously Dravid, you mentioned those stats and they're unquestionable. But I think the there's a bit of a misconception about how Tendulkar played away from home. He scored 29 away hundreds and 22 at home. So I feel that while, yeah, Dravid might come out slightly higher in terms of his average and whatnot, I do think Tendulkar does deserve credit for some of the hundreds he scored away from home. He scored hundreds in all of the major test playing nations, some double hundreds in there as well. So I feel he does deserve credit for how he did perform away from home. The one thing I would say about Tendulkar's hundred record, and I say like I say that as if I'm about to smash him to pieces, the man scored 51 test hundreds, mm. is that I found a very interesting stat, which was out of the 51 test hundreds, Tendulk scored. India only ever won 21 of those matches. Is that his fault though? I would say, to be fair, a lot of... I, I would say that, yeah, it is a bit. Really? <laughs> well, it's one of them. Like His highest score was only 248. Only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've just got a list of players who scored... 300s all right and like this is three there's a lot more but these are 300s against what i consider to be good teams yeah so you've got brian lara mahela jai wardner sanif jai mark taylor the australian graham gooch virinda sewag and you know the most surprising of all go on christopher gale has scored a 300 is it three 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 wasn't it not out yeah not a bad knock even ben stokes has a score of 258 10 more than tendulka I think, though, it's getting a bit picky if you're picking out what his high score is when it's 248. I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's a bad stat. I'm just yeah. saying, like, when I was looking stuff up for this, mm-hmm. a lot of the criticism that came from websites that, you know, kind of eulogize Sachin Tendulkar, yeah. they said one of the reasons that it annoyed them was because they thought he was a selfish player. Because okay. he would put himself over the team and there were times where he batted for too long and India could have gone on and won a test match but because he wanted to score more runs. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's hard because he's gone on record to say like when he was captain, he put the team first and I think everyone's going to say that they're a team player. I don't think anyone, anyone's going to go out there and say, yeah, I'm scoring runs and that's the most important thing. But yeah, I suppose you've got to take what everyone says with a little bit of a pinch of salt but you suppose you have to credit it as well if you look at the the goat players from different sports mm-hmm. you look at cristiano ronaldo from football you look at michael jordan from basketball even like tom brady in american football their whole purpose is they have to win yeah and they win by any means necessary now i'm not saying that tendulka didn't want to win 
because obviously you can't again you can't score that many runs and not want to win you can't be an international player and like you can't be the best at your sport and not want to win not saying yeah. that at all just saying that if you are considered by a little bit selfish by the play, the literally the people that think you are god yeah maybe you know yeah no certainly something to consider yeah um we'll move away from Jarvis. do you want to go on yeah. to your next player that you you rate higher jack callis i think that personally and again this is going to be a bit of a controversial shout i probably think callis is probably one of the greatest cricket players to have ever lived i don't think that's I, a, yeah i, 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 I think definitely he's go probably that. better than i think he was personally better than tendulkar Obviously, we're focusing on batsmen here, but it's hard to ignore his bowling statistics but and how is, that impacted his yeah. batting statistics. So, yeah, this go on. What I mean, he averaged 55 with the bat and 32 with the ball in tests. Mm-hmm. With yeah, it's 30, not bad, is it? <laughs> yeah, he scored almost 13,000 runs and he got 292 wickets. <laughs> it's amazing to think how higher either his wickets or his runs have been if he had gone He's one way or the somewhat, other. Yeah, um, 11,500 runs in ODIs and 273 wickets. Mm-hmm. like you know Callis had absolute bucket hands at first slip as well first and second slip I think yeah. Cook beat him for the amount of catches taken didn't he um, just yeah towards just, the end of his career yeah but again that that says something pretty stupid as well isn't he like the first person to score 10,000 runs 250 wickets and 150 catches or something like that it's a pretty uh, niche stat but I think it probably is the case I'm not yeah. too sure um Callis batted at three and four. Yeah, he did. Callis had a, you know, Sachin batted four in test cricket. Mm. Callis actually had a higher average at four than Sachin did. It's very impressive though, isn't it? Yeah, Callis averaged 61. <laughs> Sachin averaged 54. Joke, isn't it? Well, yeah. the 61 is a joke. One thing I will say is of the names you mentioned so far, I think Callis is the one most people would agree with. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't... Fo- yeah, don't get me wrong, I completely agree with that, yeah. Um, he, yeah, some of his stats are ridiculous. Like, no DI cricket as well. Like, obviously, Dravid had a decent um, one-day career, a very yeah. good one. Um, uh, he played 344 ODI matches, so you've got to have a decent career. But I think Callis, across both formats, yeah, one that can come close, or in, in your view, um, surpass what Tendulkar did. Yeah. Is, um, think- go on. I was just going to say, I think the one thing I haven't really focused on too much is one day cricket. And I do think, like, I do think Tendulkar, I think he was a fantastic one day player. Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't argue his record. I, it's really hard to argue his record in what ODIs. But again, just in terms of, he, you know, I know Tendulkar opened the batting a lot for India uh, in one day cricket as well. I do just think Callis was just like another level to him just because of the bowling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. When you when you've got someone that's got like those many wickets and yeah. catches as well, showing he's a very good fielder. Yeah, you can't yeah. really um, argue with that. Was there anything about Carlos's game, like from a style point of view, which you really respected or rated? The temperament of winning the game, like you can't you can't argue his record. I, it's really hard to argue his record in what ODIs. But again, just in terms of he, you know, I know Tenelgo opened the batting a lot for India. Uh, in one day cricket as well I do just think Callis was just like another level to him just because of the bowling yeah no, that's fair enough when, you, when you've got someone that's got like those many wickets and yeah. catches as well showing he's a very good fielder yeah you yeah. can't really um, argue with that was there anything about Callis's game 
like from a style point of view which you really respected or rated um probably his just the temperament to winning the game i think it's a very south african kind of mentality you see it a lot in their cricket now even in their rugby you see it which is really yeah. annoying because obviously the being rugby fans the world cup that's just gone wasn't great but um, exactly yeah i think just when they're down in the dirt if it's a bit like Dravid kind of thing if they're down in the dirt you 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 kind of you probably wanted him out there just to save you a, a test match with the battle of the ball a bit like you have with Ben Stokes now yeah but I think it's I'd rather have Callis than Stokes yeah that's um yeah well, right now I don't think anyone yeah. would argue with that but I think yeah it can't be undervalued like how hard it must be and we would never know how hard it must be to come off bowling or no up upwards of 25 overs to then go out to bat potentially when there's only been one wicket lost yeah and go out there and score the runs that he did i think that's remarkable really i think like just the fact that now he's gonna he's involved in south i can't remember is he the head coach of south african cricket now um i i don't think so uh i could be wrong I know that they had the massive restructure, didn't they? Smith's like the mm. director. Mm. Oh, no, Bouch is the coach, sorry. Yeah, he is. Um, I know he's involved yeah, somehow because yeah. you saw him in the tracksuits during yeah. that England Test Series. But I think, like, he's obviously... I He was a coach of an IPL team for a while. Mm. I know Tendulkar was as well, but I just think... I, I think he's personally... He's, he's personally one of my favourite cricketers ever. The one bad thing I have to say about Callis is that Freddie Flintoff absolutely turned him over. <laughs> yeah, but he did that to many people, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> Freddie did that to um, another man on your list, uh, Ricky yeah. Ponting, which has done yeah. the, it's done, it's done the rounds a lot recently. Do you want to start talking about Ponting? Well, I think that the one thing that you have, like you talk about stats and everything, and obviously Ponting doesn't really compare to Tendulkar. It's not far off though. It, not really, but the one thing. The what the one point I was going to make about Ponting is that is he's just probably the best cricket captain who've ever lived, isn't he? Yeah, cap, yeah. In terms of his captaincy, and but then when you put that on top of the amount of runs he still managed to score on a consistent mm. level, it's just yeah, a it's not fair. It is I think some players thrive under the captaincy. I think yeah. Brad Coley's definitely one. Um, but yeah, Ponting, I you think he just completely relished it. And it took his, well, clearly took his batting game to another level. Yeah. Um, so what is it about Ponting that you particularly liked? I just think, it, it, what I said about earlier, about kind of the, the goats of different sport and their will to win. And I don't think anything encapsulates that more in cricket than the late 90s, probably even a lot before that, actually. But I'm talking about specifically in what I've, highlights I've watched or games I've seen. Late night is to the, Norty's Australian cricket side just yeah. unbelievable they won three World Cups Ponting won three World Cups yeah um, one of the greatest captains to ever played probably one of the I know Tendulkar had a good pull shot but if you mm. anyone you wanted to face the uh, short ball get old Ricky on the job exactly unless he, Steve Armas is bowling up uh, uh, against at Lords against him and cut him on the eye <laughs> love it um, and in World Cups as well I've got here that Ponting scored 1,743 runs which is a staggering amount isn't yeah, it really it's just like the man's an absolute joke he also like I think I don't know you've watched the uh, you've watched the well, is it the test on Amazon is that what yeah, it's called yeah documenting the Aussie team for about 18 months I, think I just think like yeah. <laughs> 
I obviously kind of, when he was playing, I didn't really like Ponting. I thought he was a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, arrogant so-and-so. Yeah. Um, but I thought on that, and I think on the on the commentary on and on the um, on the coaching videos he's done with Sky Sports, I think he comes across as a very humble, nice man. It's I think just, punditry does that. I think you get to kind of see what people are really about when they're captain and under that much pressure. I think they oh, can be very quick wrong. to say yeah. some things. Um, but he's really, I think, come into well, not come into his own. He's obviously a fantastic captain, but I think people can see more of his personality through his punditry and coaching. One thing I really don't like about the Tendulkar argument is that he was called very passionate and patriotic and everything like that, which is fine. Cause obviously, you know, uh, India's at the moment as well. India's quite nationalist, isn't it? And very kind of you know, not get into that, but yeah. Um, one thing that I don't like when you compare him to someone like Ponting and Ponting's attitude on the field is that he was called, like I said, like, you know, I just admitted it myself that, he comes across as quite um, arrogant and rude and everything like that. But I don't yeah. doubt that they were any different at all. It's kind of what you mm. just said. When you're on the international playing field and you're under that much pressure, especially like, you know, with the, in, the off the back of 1.3 billion people supporting you kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think you're just going to come across as a bit of a, you know, arse. I think Ponting's also kind of fallen victim to how... Australian sports teams, even particularly the cricket team, are viewed, especially yeah. from living in the UK and the yeah. rivalry there is between England and Australia. I think, I think English people are very quick to have this sweeping generalisation of just saying, "Oh, he's Australian, so he must be a bit of a cocky so and so." Yeah, and uh, I don't, I don't think that was helped in particular when kind of the Australian mentality, especially within the sport, was put under the microscope after Sandpaper Gate with Bancroft, Smith, and Warner. I think exactly. a lot of questions were asked about kind of the way Australia were under Ponting, um, and even a lot before that when it was when sport was a lot more you know, cricket to some degree was a lot worse in terms of the attitudes of players and everything like that. So yeah, I think their sledging as well kind of went a bit oh, too yeah. far, didn't it? Oh, and they definitely. mentioned they mentioned that in the test. Yeah, um, there's a difference between banter and abusing people, but I think they might have taken it too far, but. That wasn't to do with Ponting. Um, so we'll move on to your next player. So this is probably, I'd say Callis was one of my favourite players of all time. I think this man is just kind of, I, I, don't, I think he's, I know how good he was and how good everyone says he is, but I genuinely think in terms of batting, I think he's probably one of the most underappreciated batsmen that's, or even sports players that have ever played any sport ever, even though he was so good and still gets applauded. So if you see what I mean. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Brian Lara? Brian Charles. And I personally think, looking at kind of scorecards um, Mm -hmm. and stats and everything like that, to me, it comes across that Lara was a much better, a much more important player in a much worse team at some points. Yeah, he was a... Honestly, once in a generation talent because yeah. they produced some magnificent batsmen, especially before Lara's time. Yeah. But yeah, the way he stood out in that team was remarkable. Do you want to reel off some stats on moments which are most important to you and think that make him stand out over Tendulkar? Well, I think he scored 500 for Warwickshire. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I think, you know, 
uh, that, that's quite fun. <laughs> yeah, that is a fun stat. Imagine being in the field. <laughs> yeah, I know. In a, I don't know when that game was, but if it was early season when it's a little oh, bit cold or even yeah. late season, yeah. that would have been miserable. And then 400 against England on Easter Sunday. I think it was yeah. Easter Sunday. I know it was, for, it was a bit of a dead rubber. but Still, still. he got to score them. Yeah. Exactly. And he scored, well, yeah, that might have been a dead rubber, but he scored nine test double hundreds, yeah. which is, well, the most out of any player. So yeah. that is. The remarkable. two innings I've just mentioned there, he scored 900 runs in two innings. Yeah, that is a joke, isn't it? <laughs> and if you just like stop and just think about that, 900 runs in two innings, that is a joke. And, you know, they may have, you know, I'm not sure the exact, you know, kind of meaning behind the Warwickshire game, but still. I know, that is remarkable. Yeah, that. It's still professional cricket at the end of the day. And one thing I do have here is that when you've got a nation like India with as many players in a talent pool kind of thing, Mm -hmm. is that you can say, well, India can produce not another Tendulkar, but someone similar to Tendulkar, who who everyone thinks is going to be the next saviour. Yeah. So, for example, Kohli. And Kohli's come off. Like, you cannot... I don't like Kohli, but I think he's... It really pains me to say... I think he's probably the best batsman in the world right now. Well, it's between him across and Smith, all, isn't it? Well, I mean, across all three formats. Yeah, I think 2020 holds yeah. holds Smith back a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think, especially in one-day cricket, some of the stats that, that Coley has are yeah. remarkable. I think he will surpass a lot of people on certain lists. Yeah. But um, back to Lara, I think it's his playing style as well and the elegance in which oh, he, he performed some shots, yeah, which really stood out. There was a video the other day of... Um, of his four, the highlights from the 400 and mm-hmm. just, you see some of the drives and, and the pulls and the off the back foot and everything it's just like again it's just like how can one person be so good at what like essentially three things seeing the ball moving the feet and hitting it like yeah it's just unbelievable and I've got a quote from Bar- like I quite like Barney Ronay off the Guardian I think he's a very fun journalist yeah um, very it says and this was talking about who was actually better out of Tendulkar and Lara. And the end point was basically like, what's even the point in comparing them? Which completely mm-hmm. defeats the point of what I'm about to say. But um, he, Go for it. in 2013, Barney Ronnie writes, Lara, who may or may not have been the better player, was in his peak moments one of the most vir- uh, viscerally exciting athletes imaginable in any discipline, every movement and expression of the most unearthly sporting talent. Big words. And I think that just kind of sums up the man, really. Um, mm. He just, like, like I said, I think, you know, India can produce a player like Tendulkar. They can fit the mould whenever they want. You look at what's happened with the West Indies over the last few years. It's, it's shameful. I mean, I love Joffrey Archer, but even the fact that he plays for England over the West Indies, that must be considered a failure in some degree. Yeah, definitely. I think Michael Holden's spoken about that. Yeah, and you know this is one of the ones where I know Lara's got unbelievable stats but this is purely on an aesthetic value watching someone mm. like Lara bat is just I think is you can you could probably sit there it, when he scored 400 against England or when he scored 500 for Warwickshire you could probably have sat there and not even known what time what time of the day it was sit down at yeah. 10 o'clock and all of a sudden it's half five yeah I think he's he's one of those players I think yeah, he was superb. Uh, one thing 
you did mention obviously was that he was kind of a he was a massive standout on that West Indies team and I think Tendulkar's a product of a massive just the way that India churn out players yeah. do you think that should be held against Tendulkar though because at the end of the day while they could still churn out another player like him they got some good young players coming through and obviously Kohli's going really really well do you think that should be held against him considering he still went on to score all the hundreds he scored top on the run charts in uh, test match cricket and ODIs do you think that should be held against him that he was part of a a bigger, I know, bigger cricketing nation, you could argue? I don't really think it's fair to say, like, someone who is part of a talent pool of the size of India's. I don't think, think that's necessarily a fair argument against someone like that because, obviously, they've still got to stand out. There are a lot of steps between being born and playing for India at 16. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of things in your way. Yeah, yeah. and I think, yeah, fair play you can do that and you know I've got some other players that are coming through right now so you've obviously got Shaw Agarwal and those two and yeah, I remember like when Rishbar Pants came through in the IPL for the first time everybody kind of creamed the pants about him but I mean, the mighty Delhi Daredevils yeah um, but in terms of that like you still have to be a very good player to play for India at 16 but I do think like one thing that should be held against him compared to Lara just the teams he played in when you've got yeah. Like I know, I said India weren't as good as they are. I didn't. India aren't as good, weren't as good as they are now. There's a good team, and obviously, like things were different back in the day. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I just think that when you've got players around you, like say, well, you've got Saywag opening the batting. You've got you've got Laxman. You've got Dravid. You've got Ganguly. You've got Dhoni was coming through then as well, and he was playing Test cricket. Um, you know, and you had like Harvijan Singh, you had Anil Kumble backing you up with the bowling. Yeah. Lara had, you know, start of his career, might have had a few good players with him. I can't, I, I did write it down, I can't find it. But obviously, you know, he had then had Gale come through. Yeah. And then you had the bowlers like Edwards and Taylor come through at the end of his career and everything. But you kind of think mm. in between that, when the West Indies were really good in the 80s and at the start of the 90s, when Laura first joined, everything after that and everything that's been put in place by the West Indian Cricket Board since then has led to a gradual decline that means those steps for Laura cannot be replicated. And when they finally do get replicated, in this case, for a bowler like Archer, it means that someone as good as that, they don't even choose to play for their home country, which in itself is an absolute travesty. Would that ever have happened with Tendulkar? No. Exactly. No, you make a good point. Um, do you want to very quickly touch upon... Some of the other players you mentioned, Smith, Gilchrist, Villiers and Co. Do you want to quickly mention anything yeah, about those so players which I think st- stood out? I like, yeah, I've already mentioned Coley. I think Coley's just, oh, it really annoys me. I really don't like Coley, but I just, <laughs> every time you see him play, it's just like, it just angers me. <laughs> yeah, don't hold back too much, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Graham Smith, I mean, again, I think a man that can open the batting, captain and score those runs like that single-handedly kind of um, end careers like he did as well. Yeah. Um, you know, like with Hussein, where he did first, was it his first test series he captained? Hussein had to step down afterwards? Uh, yeah, I think there was, there was yeah. a documentary put out recently. It was on Sky. Yeah, and it's just like, well, if that happens, the first test series you captain, I think you, you're pretty, you're going to be set up quite well for the rest At of Such a young career. age as well. Yeah. And then obviously it happened, it bookended with Strauss leaving, didn't it? Um, yeah, but obviously that was all to do with the Peterson nonsense. So, um, Gilchrist, I just think Gilchrist in terms of Gilchrist was purely for 
ODI batting. Yeah, and the way he moved to the top of the order yeah. and kind of transformed and Australia's batting, I think. I don't think any stats can kind of do that justice. And personally, I don't think that you don't have the New Zealand 2015 side or the England 2015, to, well, 16 to 19 side in terms mm-hmm. of being aggressive like they were and playing the game in a good spirit. I don't think you have that without Gilchrist. Yeah. I the, think, man would, yeah. the man would walk if nobody else heard anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't, he's just probably the most honest man to ever play the game. Yeah. Do you want to touch on the Villiers? Because for me, he's one of he's one of my favourite players of all time, certainly. So I'd love to hear what you've got to yeah, say about him. So the Villiers, again, just one of those players that every time you hear about him just annoys me. Um, just because it's like, well, the man doesn't he play off scratch in golf? Oh yeah, his stats across all sports. Yeah. Like the like the score record he holds in like athletics, yeah. swimming, tennis, and all, Hockey, and all sorts. Rugby, he was like one of the South African rugby union player in like early age groups. Or yeah, he had, I think it, I think he had to choose, and he went with cricket. Obviously, the right yeah. decision. But um, yeah, he was he was a, a freak talent. You always get them at schools, but never yeah. at, never at that level. You talk about I talk about Peterson, who I believe changed the way kind of cricket was played as a whole I talk about Gilchrist he probably changed the way one day cricket was played yeah you look at someone like Villiers <laughs> yeah I think in a similar way to Peterson he probably changed the whole way cricket was played but on a much wider scale because obviously when it comes to something like T20s mm. he just like and that is now the most popular format of the game I think probably mm. you look at the amount of money that's flown about because of it it's hard not to agree really and like the viewing figures and everything that obviously doesn't happen without de Villiers going to the IPL yeah I remember one knock in particular he had for RCB I think it was yeah, him I, Coley and Gale all came off yeah. they were in a green kit it was against Mumbai Indians I'm pretty yeah. sure and they both I think Coley and de Villiers both got 100 I'm right thinking they put on something like in excess of 230 one and thing, that really stood out yeah one thing I haven't mentioned about de Villiers just then as well is his fielding yeah unbelievable fielding Johnny Rhodes reincarnated but can <laughs> a lot better <laughs> I remember the, the I think it must have been the the Sandpaper Gate series mm. the first test and I was reading Jeff Lemon's book, um, Steve Smith's mm-hmm. Ben. It's really good. Recommend it. And it was, he was saying, right, Australia were really confident up until De Villiers came in. Yeah, he, had that, was, he had that effect, didn't he? And that was his first test in like three years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he came in and he scored. I can't remember how many he scored, but he was in for ages. And he just, mm-hmm. he wouldn't move. And then it, I think it was, must have been the second test he was talking about. I, I can't remember. I think that must have been, I can't remember if it was that or the third test where it all kicked off. I think it was the third test. But anyway, mm. South Africa won the second test. And Lemon described it as something like, it was like um, a, an adult was playing with a kitten with like a mouse on a string. Because everything Australia would do, like the villagers would just taunt them back. So if they brought the field up, he would just hit it over them. If they put it back, he would hit it just hard enough so it would drop in front of them. Like yeah. he would find the gaps where the gaps just couldn't be found. And this was test cricket for a man that specializes in white ball. I think his test best is, I think it's 278 not out. It's unbelievable. Like, and I'm just talking about in terms of purely having him over Tendulkar, I think mm. across one day and international cricket is a bit of a big shout, to be honest. But at the same time, like, I just don't think 
I, I think pr- the third most popular cricketer in India is probably A.B. De Villiers. And yeah, I, certainly the most, uh, most popular non-Indian player. Yeah, in definitely. India. Like, I think it's unbelievable. I think he's an unbelievable player. And that knock against West Indies in the ODI, in the, in the, nope. uh, the Breast Cancer Awareness, is it Breast Cancer Awareness Day in South Africa? When they, they all wear pink. pink yeah, yeah. My <laughs> yeah, mental. I was going to mention that. Yeah, like, an insane knock. And you forget, like, the video's played in that. He also played in the test where South Africa chased down 430-odd against Australia. Mm-hmm. Like, he just... The man's had an unbelievable career. And I think, again, like a bit like Peterson, actually. Obviously, the video hasn't had the controversy Peterson had, but I do think sometimes he gets a bit lost in the aura of great players because I genuinely do think he's probably one of the best to have ever played the game. In the Certainly. modern sense, anyway. Yeah, definitely. Um, and finally, a little word on... Uh, your man Sunil um, do you want to talk about him quickly yeah so I can't remember where the stats are now because I definitely had them yeah um, but like I was reading something and I was just kind of like looking at the best Indian players of all time and everything and I know Gavaskar scored 10,000 test runs or whatever yeah but just over his stats against compared to, to compared to basically anyone on that list he's absolutely mm. blown everyone out of the water in what like, sense? In terms of like his averages and his, like where he scored hundreds and the series mm. he scored hundreds and everything. It's just, yeah. and like you would never have known it because he never gets. I've never heard him in the conversation for it. Kind of thing. He scored over ten thousand test runs, mm. and he never gets put with the best for me. I've never heard him in that bracket. Never heard the conversation with him. I think obviously he has got fantastic stats, but he's still. I think the fact that he's still behind Tendulkar by five over five well nearly six thousand runs yeah. in test in tests he's got he's got a lower test match average um and he hasn't scored as many hundreds of well no one has obviously yeah. so i think the and obviously Tendulkar played a lot more recently uh yeah so gavaskar had the second highest uh average in fourth innings that's um, very impressive i think that this must be post-war uh with 58.25 he scored four hundreds and eight fifties um, very good guess who's above him who's that Jeffrey Boycott is he <laughs> yeah go on That's Jeffrey pretty, yeah but on that list so that this is a list of one two three four five six seven, eight people and on this list as well is also Graham Smith Ricky Ponting and Jack Callis and yeah so mm-hmm. just saying if you want someone to save you a test get them in there one thing I will say about um, Gavaskar was did you see that um that ODI innings he played against England, I think it was like the first World Cup game they were chasing yeah. like 300. Yeah. He got something like 36 off 130-odd deliveries. Yeah. Don't think, I don't think he really got round to the idea of ODIs, but yeah, yeah certainly a good test match player. You've touched on it already um, about the way that Tendulkar is viewed, but if you could change one thing about his perception that surrounds him and the aura that he carries, what would that be? Probably the way that Indian cricket fans view him. Okay, that it just he's I just invincible. I the man isn't invincible though. I think like the one thing I would say that in terms of one day cricket, I think mm. I probably would have Callis and De Villiers over him and Gilchrist maybe. Really, even though he scored well, eighteen eighteen thousand runs. This is the thing. The next best is thirteen thousand seven hundred. The the points I've made there were Callis who um, obviously got wickets. Mm-hmm. Who else did I say? 
Uh, Gilchrist. Gilchrist, yeah. Who I reckon changed the way one-day cricket was played in general. He only had an average of 30, just under 36. That's true, but at the same time, for a man to wicket-keep and just whack the ball... Like, he whacked the ball before whacking the ball was a thing. (laughs) Like, do you know what I mean? Like, the man scored runs at a ridiculous kind of strike rate Mm -hmm. um, in World Cup, in, like, the biggest games for Australia. And, like, I just think, like, in terms of integrity within sport, I just don't think... I just think, you know, Gilchrist was probably the most honest man there just you know mm. that does um, go a long way yeah uh, you know especially in a game like cricket as well where you've got mm. bloody cheats everywhere yeah um and de Villiers as well I mean de Villiers is a hard one but obviously I just like like you were saying I think he's fantastic yeah the one thing that I have against Tendulkar in terms of one day cricket against those players is that I didn't see Tendulkar play as much mm. um and I think that but again I'm saying now one thing that I cannot say, uh, the one thing I can't argue against Tim Dolker is his one day record. Like, it's absolutely yeah. unbelievable. And I think, to be fair, if you were going to have a top five of those five players, you could probably fit them all in. You could have Tim Dolker and Gilchrist mm. opening the batting, Callis at three, De Villiers at four. Mm. And like that, not that's bad, that is it? <laughs> no, it's not. Like, do you know what I mean? Whereas in mm. like test cricket, I probably have the other players and like obviously 2020, but I'm not counting mm. that. But um, yeah, so yeah, you would just, just, you say, would just change the perception like, that he's immortal. You so would... blinkered, like it's just yeah, he scored loads of runs. But at the same day, at the same time, right? I know he scored all those runs, but what a lot of people forget is that a lot of players don't make their test debut at sixteen. Yeah. Now I know that kind of is a bit contradictory because you have to be very good to make your test debut at sixteen. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if Alistair Cook opened the batting for England when he was sixteen. Yeah, he's got an extra yeah. four or five years there to score another however many runs. Mm. You know, if um, if Callis starts playing at 16 for South Africa, he's got an opportunity to score more runs. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I know what you mean. That I'm, I'm just saying there are players who are better in de- different conditions, in different situations, who I'd much rather have mm. than a man who... A bit like I'm not going to call him a fraud. I know I've been joking around calling him a fraud or whatever, but he was obviously a very good player for the amount of runs he scored, kind of thing. But I just think there are players that are better than him in different situations, and there are players that are better to watch and that did, did greater things with worse teams. This is the Not Having That podcast. Well, that was a very interesting debate. Um, you had some very good points across. Test cricket, ODI as well, covered quite a few players as well. Um, and as I mentioned at the start, I initially thought your statement was kind of incorrect to say the least. Um, and I think most cricket fans would say the same as well, apart from obviously a couple of the examples that you, you've given. Um, but to go to the statement you said about there are five players which you would, you would have over him definitively across all formats. Um, I just think when a player, I mean, you can make a fair argument that he might not be the best player of all time. That's fair. That's up for debate. I, I wouldn't actually know, to be honest, who I have as my uh, my favourite player just yet. Um, but to not have him in a top five, given his stats across both formats, um, where he's at the top for runs and all that jazz, I think, yeah, I'm not having that. Oh, for For <laughs> not, not being in the top five. Um, but as I said, opinion, you can make, Yeah, exactly. And you can... 
you made some very good points from not being the the best of all time. That's a, that's another debate. But I think for your opinion of him not being in the top five is a little bit far fetched. But it was a very good it was a very good um, argument you presented, and I really enjoyed that. Do you uh, do you have a good time? Yeah, I did. Uh, to be honest, it's opened my eyes a little bit on like you know um, some of the points you were making is not seeing the light or anything, but it's made me kind of change my opinion a little bit. Um, yeah, which is always good. I enjoy conversations like a that. Balance a balanced debate. Yeah, not Gary Balancer because he's crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think I just think that sometimes, like I know I mentioned stats and stuff, and like I said, I didn't want to mention stats, but I just sometimes think there is a certain level of beauty to some players that also make make better viewing. Yeah, fair enough. So, um, but I've enjoyed being on. Yeah, I'd love to come on again. Fantastic. Well, maybe that can happen in the future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not all doom and gloom, mate. We'll put out the Twitter poll after the episode to see if anyone agrees with you <laughs> and what the rate, what the ratio will be. Rinsed on that. <laughs> yeah, mate. We'll have to see. Um, but yeah, good luck with that one. You might get a little smile out of it. But um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been great to have you on, mate. Um, just a reminder for people to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NHT Pod for some top tier content. You want people to follow you on Twitter for more, more terrible opinions. Um, where can they find you? Um, at Jordan Hicks underscore. But it's probably better to follow me on Instagram because I'm, yeah. So my, my Instagram is Jordan Hicks, but spelt with Fantastic. an X instead of a CK. Fantastic. Well, yeah, it's been great to have you on, mate. And uh, catch up with you soon. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks for listening to the Not Having That podcast. If you've enjoyed the episode, please give us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. If you'd be interested in featuring on the podcast, email ryan at nothavingthatpod.com or reach us on Twitter at NHTPod with your unpopular opinion. So lie down, relax, and let the sports commence.